Welcome to episode 32 of the RSA Resident and Student Podcast Series, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. RSA is an accessible, collaborative organization that fosters innovation, education, and advocacy for residents and students in emergency medicine. In this episode, Dr. Fred Kensey, resident at University of Mississippi Medical Center and RSA board member, speaks with Dr. Jonathan Jones, emergency physician and current AAEM board member. Dr. Jones is the former PD of the Emergency Medicine Residency Program at University of Mississippi Medical Center. He is now in private practice. Today, Drs. Kensey and Jones discuss advice for residents who are considering becoming a program director. Welcome to another episode of RSA's podcast. I'm Fred Kensey, second year resident at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and co-vice chair of the RSA Education Committee. Today, we are recording from the AAEM Scientific Assembly 2017 in sunny Orlando, Florida. We have with us today Dr. Jonathan Jones. He's going to be discussing emergency medicine residencies, a program director's job. Uh, Dr. Jones is an associate professor at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, uh, where he also serves as the residency program director. He also serves as serves on the board of directors for AAEM. So welcome, Dr. Jones, today. Thanks, Fred. So today we're going to be talking as an EM residency, what is a program director's kind of job and kind of how do you get there and what are some of the things you do day to day? So I guess the first question is, being a program director, kind of tell us what your path has been from medical school to residency to how you've gotten here. Sure. So I'm not sure I could define what a program director's job is. Uh, <laughs> it's so multifactorial. I think the, the easiest way to describe it is, you know, your job is to ensure that every resident turns into an excellent attending or emergency physician. That's all-encompassing and kind of vague, but that's, that's what I view the job. How, how you get there, I think it starts early not by identifying you want to be a program director, but by, by realizing that you enjoy teaching, that you like an academic environment, that you like, you like asking questions, that you're not scared when people ask you questions. And that, hopefully, is, is people start to figure that out in, in med school or, or even before med school. You know, so it's just, do you, do you enjoy being in an environment where people are continually questioning and asking and learning? And some people do, and that's great. And some people don't, and that's great too. But uh, getting yourself in the wrong situation is not great. And then through residency, I think try to take a very active role in teaching students. All residents teach students to some extent, but seek out those opportunities. Meet with the current program director and say, hey, I want to teach more. Go ahead and tell the program director, I want your job one day. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that would flatter program directors. That's fine. We'd, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear that. And then, you know, take that advice. But what it's going to be is, is spending a little extra time teaching. Now, a lot of what the program director does is not teaching. It's a kind of an unfortunate thing about the job is ideally most program directors love teaching. And then once you become a program director, you kind of have less time to teach because <laughs> you, you have uh, other jobs to do. But so the other thing I'd say is you need to figure out, are you okay with administration? You know, some people use that as a bad word, and sometimes it is a bad word. <laughs> but, you know, think, do you, do you only like bedside teaching? Well, then the program director route's not for you. Being in academic faculties for you. Do you like bedside teaching? But then you also said, hey, you know, our, our didactic calendar, it really could be better. I wish we did small group discussions instead of lectures, and I'd like to go ahead and organize that. Well, you might be a program director one day. You know, that, that's the kind of thing when I say administration, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you want to redesign the curriculum? 
to try to make things better. You know, we all have ideas, but sitting down and working through the logistics of, of redesigning a lecture calendar or a rotation schedule, does that excite you or is that something you're like, oh my gosh, this is the worst job in the world? <laughs> well, that's actually a lot of what the program director does. Try to get some experience of that as a resident, and, and generally you, you can. I can't think of any program director in this country if a resident came up and said, hey, I'd like to help you make this didactic calendar better. No, no PD is going to turn you away. So uh, we'll, we'll get you the experience. So you harped on teaching. What are some of the tools you use or some of the ways you kind of motivate the other attendings who likely spend much more time with the residents than you do? What are some of the ways you motivate them to really teach the residents? Ideally, they're there because they want to teach. And, and I think most, most academic faculty are. So hopefully they don't need a lot of motivation. But in one sense, everybody needs motivation. I, I know I do some days, you know, and I know residents do and, and the academic faculty do. I think one of the best ways to motivate is, one, you have to make sure people have the skills to do it. I think something that people forget is that we always want to learn. And physicians, we're always learning. And, and we have all these great podcasts about how to treat chest pain. And we have lectures. But there's very few on how to teach. And so the first thing about motivating is you should try to, uh, I try to provide faculty development for attendings to learn to teach better. You have to be careful because some people can take that to mean <laughs> that they're, they think you're calling them a bad teacher. But that's not it. It's you're constantly trying to learn and be a little better at it. So you have to give people the tools. If, if someone feels they're good at it, mm -hmm. that's, that's going to motivate them. And then the other part of that is recognition. You have to thank people for doing it. You know, we can easily say this is just our job, and it is our job, but it's not just our job. And, and if you want someone to excel, you need to thank them for doing it. So prepare them, give them the tools, and then thank them for it. That is very good information. Uh, you've been a residency director for quite some time now, and you've seen probably a lot of other residency directors probably come and go. What are some of the pitfalls that you've seen with other residency directors that you can kind of give advice to for some of the residents who are planning to go down that route? Well, how about I give you pitfalls that I've made? Because oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think we all make our own, but it can be difficult. I think the, the biggest mistake I made initially was, was trying to do too much on my own. You know, you want to work hard, and at least I felt a little intimidating asking other people to do work. And you have to get over that. You know, it's a team effort. Program directors work hard and you need to work hard, but, but you have to get a team. You have to delegate. So a, a huge pitfall I made was trying to do everything on my own. I tried to, uh, I know I mentioned it a couple, but I, I designed our didactic calendar. I redesigned it. I, I made the master schedule. I met with every single off-service director to talk about the rotation and what EM residents should do. I interviewed every single resident. You know, and there's some of that stuff that the program director needs to continue to do, but you can't do it all. So I think that's a big pitfall was lack of delegation. I think the other pitfall, and, and this is, I, I don't want to call it a pitfall, but you need to explore your own personality and, and your residency. And some program directors, there's not a right or wrong answer, but there's a question that comes up. Should program directors and residents be friends? You know, and, and I think some PDs kind of work well in that environment and some don't. And mm -hmm. I think you need to, you as a program director need to think, what do you want the relationship to be with your residents? And, and I don't know the right answer. But I will say that it took me a little while to figure it out. And I know by talking to other program directors that they've tried to figure it out, too. I think mm -hmm. the initial mistake is trying to be, to be too much of just a friend and hanging out kind of guy with the residents. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's, that's good. And you do want your residents to be able to personal. hang out with you and be, you want to be personal. You want mm -hmm. them to like you. But 
but and uh, in, in the at the end of the day it it kind of doesn't matter if the residents like you mm-hmm. you know what matters is do they turn into a great physician and so you need to work a little on that so harping on uh, the resident side of this what does your program do or what do you do as a program director to kind of help your residents you know get jobs after they leave residency so again, it's, it has to all go back to good clinical exposure. So making mm-hmm. sure that they are prepared clinically to practice in any environment, or at least in the environments where they want to. So then beyond that, there's a couple things that, that we do and uh, that we're still trying to implement. One is preparing them to, uh, and again, this isn't getting a job, but it's getting the right just to, just to pass the boards. You know, so many people hate talking about standardized tests, but if you're not going to, if you don't pass your boards, you're going to have a trouble getting a job. <laughs> so I think do a pretty good job preparing for both the written board and the oral board. And that's something mm-hmm. that, that I, I take pride on and want to continue to do is to prepare the residents for that. Beyond that, it's, it's really just talking to them, getting to know them and figuring out where they want to go. Most program directors in this country have a fairly wide network of places where they know people, you know, mm-hmm. other PDs, if we're looking at academics or Look at the history of the institution. Where, where have former residents gone? So you need a program director that keeps a database of that, you know, may, maybe not a great Excel spreadsheet, but that, that knowledge, and then be willing to talk about, you know, here are the locations. The final aspect of it, which is, I think, of uh, maybe the most important, well, other than being board certified, of course, probably, is understanding contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is so easy for residents to, because I see it all the time, uh, to, to follow the money. Um, and to take the job that pays the most and not think about the other aspects of it. Quality Um, of life. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wellness, quality of life, location, you know, all kinds of stuff. And sometimes it's hard to figure out even how much you're going to get paid. Mm -hmm. You know, one contract, it might seem like you're going to get paid more, but when you add up benefits or taxes Mm -hmm. because you're an independent contractor, it can come out different. One thing that I've told residents, and if there's a take-home point, if there's a job that pays a heck of a lot of money, there's a reason why. <laughs> and, and that reason is generally because no one else wants to do it. Definitely so, have heard you say that before. <laughs> We've had a couple of medical students write in to us and to ask you some questions also. And one that kind of got a couple of hits was the one about when they're interviewing or when they are coming to interview with the program director. That's always the most intimidating interview because he's the guy that's likely going to be the yay or nay on their applications. What are some of the questions that he's going to ask me? That gives lots of uh, nervousness to a lot of people. So what are some of your kind of favorite interview questions for your applicants? Sure. So we keep it pretty simple. And, and again, I'm not going to speak for all PDs out there, but I think, I think very few ask weird psychological questions. <laughs> um, it's more looking at how you answer it. What I, here's what I want to figure out, and I, I will tell you some questions I ask, but what I want to know during my interview is I'm trying to get at your honesty, your, your, yourself. Who, who is this person I'm interviewing? Mm-hmm. One, are they going to be honest and personal, and, and are they, they going to open up to me? Because I kind of want that. So people get really nervous, and they tend to put on facades, and, and that's, <laughs> that's not a good thing. Nervousness is fine. I can overlook that. I, half the people we interview have sweaty palms and they break out in a rash and I don't care. I could care less. You know, don't worry. That doesn't hurt you during your interview. What hurts you is given uh, some answer that you've rehearsed way too many times because it's not true. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying don't think about your answer to the questions, but, but, but if, you, if you read me your, your speech uh, to answer <laughs> the question, that's really not a good answer. Exactly. So, so the very simple questions that I, I ask is why do you want to be an emergency medicine doctor? 
Mm-hmm. And, and there's the generic answers. You know, we get the, oh, I like the procedures, or I like the unpredictability of it, or I like the high acuity. And if you like that, that's fine. You don't have to lie about it, but you need something more than that. Because there's a heck of a lot of other professions that you get all of that in. So you need to think about more than just that. Mm -hmm. But again, if you truly, really love, you know, the the trauma patients, you can Mm -hmm. tell me you love the trauma patients. But I might shoot back at you, (laughs) why don't you be a trauma surgeon? And if you can't answer that, then, you know, there's something else going on. Uh, Then the other thing I figure out is why do you want to be at my program? You know, and so I say that. So I'm at the University of Mississippi. So I say, why do you want to be a resident at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson, Mississippi? Um, and I, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I get 25% of the people kind of stutter mm-hmm. and hem and haw and, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and maybe it's cause they don't actually want to be a resident there. They're just interviewing cause they're interviewing at a dozen places, but, but you, you gotta, the, the night before the interview or something, you need to think about why you want to go there. And, and, and if you really don't want to be a resident there, then save yourself in the program time and money and, and cancel the interview, exactly. you know, that that's fine. But but that's what I want to know. I want to know why do you want to live in my city? Why do you want to work at my hospital? Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, I, th- there's there's a million right answers. That, mm-hmm. um, it, the the only wrong answers are ones that are that are dishonest. Very true. Very true. One other question that a lot of the medical students uh, had questions about, and they wanted it directly from a uh, program director's perspective, because a lot of our medical students are that are part of AEM, a part of our that listen to our podcast. Some of them don't have ER residencies at their programs, you know, so they don't have direct access to a program director to kind of or an associate pro, uh, program director to kind of ask these questions. So this is a great form for them to kind of ask these questions. Um, what are some things that they can do as medical students, as third years, as fourth years, maybe even far back as second year? What are things that they can do to kind of maximize their chances of getting a residency spot? Sure. So, I mean, first of all, the simple stuff, you have to get good grades, you know, mm-hmm. do well on the USMLE or the Comlex if you're a DO. Um, but but don't worry. If you, if you do average or slightly below, that that's okay. Tons of people, you know, get in. That's only one part of your application. But but don't neglect that. Every now and then I see people that have some just amazing volunteer experiences and they've rotated in the ED as early as a second year on some elective rotations and then they end up doing really bad in, in their, their grades. And, and so, so don't make that mistake. So let me first say what not to do, and it's, it's that. Um, as long as you're focusing on your grades and then the, the USMLE, it's, it's then getting the exposure. It doesn't matter if you don't have a residency or not. Uh, ideally, there's a, an ED at the hospital you work. Very true. Um, you know, go down there. Talk to one of the, the doctors down there. Try to, you know, hopefully there's some internal knowledge. Talk to other students. Which one of the ED docs is, is a person that, that's willing to, to share information? And then go talk to that person. Uh, and then uh, what you're trying to figure out, uh, I, I, you're not trying to just get something on your resume that says I rotated in the ED or mm-hmm. shadowed. I, I don't think many people care about that. You're trying to answer the question for yourself. You're, by doing that, you're going to figure out, do you really like emergency medicine? So right, then true. going back, when you get to the interview and I start ans- asking you those questions, you're going to be able to give me some amazing answer that's, that's honest, that's accurate, and that just blows me away because you've, you've asked yourself, countless times why do i like emergency medicine and you've been able to answer for yourself so that's that's the best thing you can do uh i I will want to just add one last thing and it's if you especially if you're at a place that doesn't have an em residency reach out to a place that does Mm -hmm. do not be scared uh most program directors most assistant associate program directors clerkship directors 
we have this job because we like students. Mm -hmm. If we didn't like students, <laughs> we should get a new job. That is very true. So while I work for my university, they're the ones that pay me. I, I like students. I'm happy to talk to any student. And the vast majority of PDs, probably all in the country, are happy to do that. Mm -hmm. So I do get emails from, from students that are at schools without a residency, and, and they ask questions. And, mm -hmm. and it might take me a little while to get back to you, but, but I, I'm happy to do that. Um, and, and if the program director is too busy to do that, then you know, reach out to an APD or a clerkship director. But that would be my last piece of advice. Don't, don't do it on your own, and don't be scared to ask for help. Exactly. So Dr. Jones, like he said, he's from the University of Mississippi Medical Center. You can uh, uh, easily find our website on uh, Google and such. And like he said, if you're out there and you have a uh, interest in emergency medicine and you don't have a program, uh, feel free to reach out to our program um, directors and clerkship directors. They're very happy to talk with you. Uh, we've definitely enjoyed this uh, podcast. Uh, it's definitely been a, a very informative um, from a program director's uh, view of uh, emergency medicine residency. We hope that you've learned a lot. Um, and don't forget to tune in to other episodes. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. For more information about RSA, please visit our website, www.aaemrsa.org. Listen to all podcasts in this series and explore the ways you can get involved with RSA. Join us again next episode for another topic of importance for emergency medicine residents and students.